Front and Nationwide is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Blue Jackets tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. This isn't just for Blue Jackets tickets, though. Browns, Bengals, Reds, Indians, Crew, you name it, any Major League sport, any Major League team, GameTime is your app for last-minute, highly discounted tickets. Head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. And the Blue Jackets are off the schneid. Allison, they were on the schneid for four straight regulation losses, the longest stretch of those they've had this season. Last night they played a team that had suffered four regulation losses all season, the Washington Capitals. I mean, I hockey's a wild and wonderful sport. On any given night, any given team can win. But this is this was a this was a much needed win for the Blue Jackets, and I would say a highly uh, um, improbable one, given the way both teams were going. Yeah, I mean that. I'll be honest; I did not expect that outcome <laughs> by any margin, um, and to put up five is incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all the things they say. It's, you know, this is why you play the game. Any given team can win on any given sure. night. But it, I mean, it's, and you and I were, were talking about this a little bit last night after the game too. It's, there's, there's so many confounding things about this team. How, how can the team that came out so flat in Florida, a game that I thought that they would be really emotionally locked into, yes. uh, do what they did last night. It's 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 mind blowing. It's it's a good thing, but it's also really just I, I mean, in, in some ways, frustrating, right? Yeah, they had twenty nine scoring chances against their old friend Artemi Panarin. Um, now the Rangers are are an interesting case defensively, but they go two nights later to Florida to see their old friend Sergei Bobrovsky. How they get nine scoring chances and play on the outside. Yep. In that game is just what? Yep. Like it does it does start and this this is dangerous territory, but it starts to to beg the question, don't you even care? Like how can that happen? Yep. And then you come into this last night. Now the we should say the Capitals were coming back from a West Coast road trip, and there's that old adage that right. the hardest period you can play is the first period coming back from way out west. So but the Blue Jackets get through that first period. They outshot the Caps twenty to six. There was that, the last minute of the first mm. period to go. Mm. Oh, this is the Rangers all over again. Yep. yep. Because the Capitals are in the Blue Jackets zone. TJ Oshie has a goal on his stick and whips on the backhand. Yep. Or it's or it's one to one. You go. Oh, they got nothing out of that one. Um, they stood firm in the second period. Two big 
kills. They take a two nothing lead into the third. Um, and then I, I thought they really handled two, two to one. Well, I thought that was a big part of the game where they just kind of stood up. I think it was savvy back on a two on one right after the two one goal. Yep. So there, there were some big moments in that game, but Allison, you handed at it here. This is what it struck, struck me coming away from the rink last night. We have thought of this Blue Jackets team as what people expected them to be. So they lose Panera, now they don't have that. They don't have the firepower anymore. Right. They just don't. They lose Bobrovsky, and so they just don't have that guy that can make the big save at the big time um, without without Bobrovsky. They've lost their swagger, their mojo, their moxie, whatever you want to call it. Maybe they're just not that good, right? right? Like maybe the expectations put forth by management were unrealistic. And I think after the four losses, people were like, you know what? Break it down. Go lottery team. And then they play a game like they did last night. And you go, well, it's in there. That is in there. Now, I don't know if they can do that every night. Maybe that's just too much to ask but it's in there and and i don't think you could walk away from last night's team without or last night's game without saying all right this team maybe should be more competitive than it has been yeah i mean i'm i'm firmly in that camp actually um because i mean and look back too. look at look at how they beat the penguins right i mean totally and yes the penguins are injured but they're still a very good team um, yeah, still the Penguins. And, and and honestly, I mean, you you did say you know the Rangers' defense is is lacking, <laughs> but but look yes. how they played there. Um, you know, it's and I and I keep saying this, I keep saying this because it is just so confounding. This team, by all the underlying measures, is one of the best defensive teams in the league right now, top three. And what's incredible when we think about how offensively starved they are. If you look at shot quality, this team is playing so well defensively that they actually have a shot quality edge over their opponents. They are generating more than they're allowing their opponents to generate. And we see what they're generating. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, mean, I mean, that's that's a heroic feat. And, you know, to me, and I will probably stand by this barring some huge massive breakdown, to me, the New York game is the personification of what's going on in that this team just, it, it, we keep saying it, everyone keeps saying it, it's getting stale, but they just can't finish. Um, I'm working on a piece on this for this week, and since the lockout, this team has, since the lockout, so not just this year, this team has... 12-13. Correct. This team has one of the bottom three shooting percentages ever since the lockout. Now that's, you know, and I'm still digging into the whys and the hows of that and and if there's a chance for recovery because mathematically there should at least be some recovery, um, but we don't know how much. But, I mean, this New York personified it for me because this team just hasn't been able to get the bounces more often than not. But it's it's crazy frustrating, and I think that when you see something in Florida, that's what's worse is because you know that this group can and should – at least be making these games interesting and close. Yeah. And I mean, and you kind of touched on this. You, it, it's an impossible thing to answer maybe. But do you, does one just assume that it's luck? Right. 
the shooting percentage that it's going to come around and boy, when it comes around, that's going to be fun for a lot of guys. Right. Or do you say, no, this is just a low shooting percentage team because somebody, some teams do that. There's a team that, that I looked that I, I remember seeing, maybe that was just five on five. I think it was all told, but are they just that team or is this a trend, a 30 game trend? Yeah. 30 games is not small. No. And, and you know, and that's, I, I can't answer that question yet. Um, I hope to <laughs> in, um, yeah. when I finish my, my work here this week. Um, there are teams that have recovered from this and made the postseason. Um, yeah. That, and I'm not going to spoil who that is yet. I would love for people to please click and read <laughs> later this week. Um, but, you know, I don't know that we know the answer to that yet. I think that yeah. this team does have some shot quality issues. Um, it's things that we see, right? I mean, I think we can all think about those times. And, and Torts has alluded to these where it's skate into the zone, fire from the top of the circle or just above the circle, rebound, exit the zone, right? Um, that's not going to get it done. It, it's getting shots more in the greasy areas. Um, so I, I do think there is a bit of execution, but but I do think puck luck is in there. I mean, you wrote about this in, in the recap and, and – after the Rangers game as well, but how Oliver Bjorkstrand has yes. 10 shots on goal and is is robbed, particularly there late in the third. I, I mean, that's just, that defies logic, right? So I, I, I think there is some right. luck for sure. And, and he had six shots on goal last night. It's crazy. And it and side note to that, it, it, he's not getting on the score sheet, but my goodness what he has done with his game this year consistently. Um, in my opinion, yeah. but uh, he's been their best forward. Oh, absolutely, I think. absolutely. Um, yeah. But you know the 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 issue now becomes not just why is it luck or is it something they're doing, but when, because this team is going to run out of time. I mean, we've all been around this team when there's been they're completely out of it, and then the last twenty five games they make this insane push. And, right. and win the major, the vast majority of their games. The when of these things writing themselves is also really important for this team. Yeah. Oliver Bertrand had six shots last night. He only he scored on his last one. Crazy. Which, of course, was the the uh, hip shake into right. the net. Right. Of course it was. That's the one he scores on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and this is something that's kind of it irks me, is, is and this is in every sport now, when your team is just absolute horse crap at the start, people go, Hey man, the blues last year. Yep. Yeah. Like that's now that like that it's happened once ever. Right. And now teams should bank on it being their, their fate. Right. 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 Well, I looked at this, I talked to Jeremy, our good friend of the program, Jeremy Rutherford in St. Louis, the furthest back the blues were at any point last season was 11 points, hmm. which is exactly what the blue jackets were last night before they won. Hmm. after only 29 games, right? Right. That is, that's a huge, huge chasm to, to, to close. The Blues won something like 34 and five in their last 39 games, something stupid to right. get there. Right. You just, come on. You, nobody can expect, I don't care how good a team you are, you can't expect to do that. Well, So yeah. to Torts's point, if they're going to do anything this year, they have to make some noise between now and the end of December. And even if they do then, it may be too steep of a climb. Well, and, you know, and, and this is not to slight the current goaltenders for the Blue Jackets, but the Blues also found Binnington 
he was not playing for them to start the season. Um, so he comes in. They made a coaching change. It's not like the Blues just all of a sudden got good. And I'm not saying that those are steps that the, that would, would quote-unquote fix the Blue Jackets either. I'm not saying if you bring in a different goaltender and change coaches that all of a sudden the Blue Jackets are on a path to win the Stanley Cup. But, yeah, right. you know, the... The, the storyline is, is in fact true, but the details of the storyline of the Blues last year are very important to understand some of what went into how that all went down as well. And so very rare. So I mean, rare. It, it's, not a, it's not a suggested pathway. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I mean, please. Um, Josh Anderson was Josh Anderson last night. I had a conversation with, the, with a uh, scout in Florida who was who was saying what is going on with 77 yeah and i said god you know what when he's playing well and he got animated there are two of them hmm. there there are two of him in the league yep and he was met, met meaning tom wilson yep is the other like nobody else can play like that where has he been he was almost defended by it yeah and i thought anderson was pretty good last night he has no points he's minus two but he had six hits six shot attempts he was kind of all over the place, and he kind of was the Blue Jackets' Tom Wilson in that game. Although I know that name implies all sorts of other things, but right. he was a he was a force. Cam Atkinson hasn't been close enough to the net with the puck. Scores three minutes in with a redirection from about ten feet away, um, and he's there. He was present. Alexander Wenberg Allison has been moved off the, the center ice position. He's been uh, taken out of the lineup. He would not have played last night if Emil Bremstrom were healthy. We'll get to Bremstrom in the short bit. I mean, these guys, and this gets to the, the Nick Felino, who's had a rough start to the season. He was engaged. He didn't have any points last night. He was minus two, but he had a Vetchkin all night last night. Right. Um, that's the kind of game you need from, from your captain there. And this gets to the point we we're making earlier. These On an individual level, it's in there. I think specifically about Atkinson and and um, Anderson, mm-hmm. it's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've couched everything with Anderson. But I think he's hurt, which if he's not hurt, that's really embarrassing for people to 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 look at your play and think you're injured and not not able to play. Where has he been? And he showed up again last night in a game that brought it out of him. I just I think it's it's um, if you're Yarmo Kekalainen, you have to be kicking yourself because I'm sure it's going through his mind. Who do we do we give up on some of these guys? Like, right, are right. we do we just assume this is who they are now, and do we have to make some moves accordingly? And then this pops, and you go, "Well, shit, there they are. That's the team you thought you had." Yep, yep. Maybe I mean, it's this. I guess I'm back to the same point we made the first time, but how frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, it's you know, I I tend to go on greater body of work um, versus this recent stretch, and you know, I I I do think that. The players that we saw last night and that the players that Yarmo and, and maybe those who are more on the, the positive side of, of what this team could be are correct. I mean, Josh Anderson didn't overnight lose his game. Um, yeah. Cam Atkinson has scored too many goals to suddenly be what would have potentially been a, what, 15-goal score for, on the season. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know that anyone will ever – truly be open about this but I think the the mental and we've talked about this too the mental burden that 
this team, these individuals are playing with could be part of this. And I think that that's, you know, we can't identify with with what they might be feeling if they are truly trying to stick it to the hockey world who didn't believe in them and take on too much individual responsibility. I don't know. Um, but, but I think that that pressure could be getting to them. And it, maybe it took Josh Anderson seeing the only other one of him in the league across the ice right. last night to, to dial back in. I mean, I think too, you know, it's, someone said this to me, they're like, you know, he, they're, same point that you were making there's only one comparable for him in the league and this is a contract year and he can get tom wilson money if he just plays like he's supposed to play (laughs) and and that that should be a carrot now again and and you wrote on this earlier you know maybe that is a mental burden that's hard for him to shake as well i i I can't identify with that i really cannot um to say but um we know it does affect players and maybe it was seeing his his bizarro twin reminded him, oh yeah, like that, you know, and and right. he got back to it. But I do, I think that these players are more than what we've seen for the bulk of the season, um, and yeah. and and remain to be. Um, it's just that they're not executing, and it, it brings up for me though too, as I was listing off the games where they've been good, and and this team has faced this in the past, even before this season getting up for the big games and not finding a way to get up for the yes. not big games. You know, wh- right. Why are they flat versus Florida, which again, I think they should have gotten up for, but they come out great against the Rangers, against the Penguins, against the Capitals. Where is that emotional drive more nights than not? Aaron, did I tell you last night I was working on an article for this week and it was like late at night, I got so hungry. So do you know what I did? I ended up using DoorDash. Have you heard of DoorDash? I have. It is a wonderful app. You can go online. You can find local restaurants. You can order online. They bring it right to you. And not only are my favorite restaurants already on DoorDash, there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you or any of our listeners might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, you can order from your local go-tos or eat at whatever is best for you. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code FRONT, as in front and nationwide, FRONT, F-R-O-N-T. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code FRONT. Don't forget promo code FRONT for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Yeah, it's not a good look. I think one thing that's affected them, and Torch hates this question, but I, I think there's I think there's a lot there. When you have a guy like Panarin on your team, he is the front and center guy, and I know he's only he can only play on one line. But there's there's a there's a reassurance when you've got a guy that's always always playing the lead. Yep. And I think, and Cam has addressed this a little bit, specifically from playing on the line with Panarin, he, it was so much easier for him to get lost. Yep. And that, that was the, the craft that he perfected. That's what, what allowed him to stick with Panarin is he figured out a way to just sort of ghost himself. Yep. And, Oh, there's Cam Atkinson. He scores. Um, and now he's sort of having to go back to his old, 
approach to offense, and it's been hard. He got used to, to playing the other way, which is probably easier. And now he's back to having to play the way he did before Panarin got here, which is that everybody knows he's on the ice. They're watching him, and now he's got to create his own shot. He's got to do the creation while being open, and he's got to score, as, as opposed to just get open and score. Right. Um, but it, it, it changes the hierarchy of a team when you take that guy out. Yep. And now and now you've got guys that are like, oh, I don't know if I'm the lead guy here, guys. And then the next guy down is like, you know, it's not – they don't need secondary scoring from Felino. And maybe this is too big an ask. They need scoring from Felino. Right. Right? And it, it goes down like that. Everybody moves up a spot, and they may or may not be ready for it. And I don't think they were ready for it. Josh Anderson – no, no, they need 27 goals from you, if not more this year. They're banking on it now. Right. You're not the. You're, it's not the secondary stuff. It's not the. And Josh Anderson scored. It's you got to be the dude now some nights, and that's a different role. Um, and I, I think that's affected them at forward as much as anything is. Is I'm not sure there were guys ready to step up and and really uh, grab the mantle that that Panarin put when he went to the the Rangers. Uh, there's been an adjustment period there. Yeah, but I think, too, you know, it's – of course every player was expected to step up, but I think – and we aren't in the room. We don't know what was said. But, you know, the expectation was not for every player to double their goal output from last year. Um, You know, if – these guys aren't even treading water compared to last season. And and that that is the frustration. We're not expecting Nick Foligno to be – a 30 goal 35 score. 35 goal. Right, yeah, that's right. Right. We're not expecting Josh Anderson to put up 85 points. It's it's do what you can do, push a little bit more. And and you know I, that that is part of the frustration for me too is is that's where it, it's you're not even where you were last year and as you said, you know Panarin is is a huge factor and he's a driver of play. But there's a lot of guys who didn't see much ice time with him. So yeah. If if they could just dial into their their game, I, I think we should be seeing more than than we've seen. And again, I'm not saying yeah. these guys aren't trying. That's not for me to say. But that's what's frustrating, is that yeah. this wasn't a okay. We're expecting anyone to be the next Artemi Panarin, or we're the entire scoring load falls on insert player name here. It, the message was very clear that this was going to have to be score by committee, and and. They just forgot the first part. <laughs> there's, there's no scoring, so um, that that's what's frustrating. Yeah, well, and, and I thought uh, John Tortorella was muted last night, mm. perhaps for this very reason. Like he wasn't. Oh, great game! Let's bottle it. Let's keep going. Nope, there's a lot of stuff we can get better at. For sure. And I think that is his his way of of saying big big whoop de do. You did it one night in right. Washington. Right. Like it's going to take a lot more, a lot more than this. I think pro sports is different too. Like trying is the baseline. Yeah. Of course you try. Right. You got to do. That's what this is. And, and these are guys now that that is if if they didn't do before, it wasn't the end of the world. Now it's the end of the world. Yeah. Because no one's doing it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Vladislav Gavrikov continues to make himself a story plus three last night. I thought he was really good. I thought he's been really good. And I will long remember this, the scene in Florida 
I mean, we can laugh because he was okay, but God, it was hard to watch. Oh. He gets hurt. I think the first one got him on the knee pad, mm -hmm. and it wasn't bad. The second one, I was told yesterday, got him on the inner right leg where there's not a ton of padding. Right. And that put him down to the ground. He gets back up. Mike <laughs> Hoffman is, is, is set up, teed up with another puck, blasts another one. Down he goes, blocks it with his right boot. This hurts so bad his head kicks back in agony. Like, oh, my God. Like, mercy, please. Yeah. I think Hoffman took a fourth shot that missed him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he goes to the bench, and he's fine. He continues to play. That was an amazing scene. Mm -hmm. um, and Tortorella showed it to the guys yesterday in the room, um, along with examples of guys who didn't pay the price uh, anywhere close to what Vladislav Gavrikov did. Um, but it also brings to mind, Allison, that David Savard has blocked almost 800 shots in his career. It's crazy. And depending upon um, whose stats you believe, which I should say, which NHL stats you believe, because <laughs> they're all over the place, he may or may not be the Blue Jackets all-time um, leader in block shots. Um, the unappreciated David Savard, 766 blocks, 519 games. Uh, maybe that's the franchise lead. There are some other places that have Rostislav Klesla with 773 blocks. We're trying to sort that out today. Anyways, um, the, I think the team should get him something for this. I think it should be, I don't know if it's a bodysuit. I don't know if it's, <laughs> um, you give a golden stick to a guy who scored a thousand goals. Do you give him a, uh, I don't know what you give him. Um, but it says something about the player. The, these sort of numbers like this really, to me, say something about the player and the kind of the player he's been. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, and and we've talked about this before. And for people who haven't been around the team as long, it's it's crazy to think about David Savard coming into this league um, had to have a kind of heart to heart with it was JD, was it not? Who went it, to it went was. to Springfield yeah. and and basically had to level with him and say, you you need to take your career seriously, you need to take your preparation seriously, or you're you're never going to stick at the NHL level. Um, kind of overhauls his whole approach to his game, and becomes this stalwart for the team and he doesn't get a ton of attention um he has played with some really good players he's maybe played with some who aren't as great and and he's just in there reliable when he gets an opportunity he shows you that I mean, and he played in the queue but where everybody scores but he sure. can he can uh he can remind you that he has some some offense to him um and, and and I mentioned this when I talk about David Savard because I do think it's so important for this group. I don't think it's something that people see necessarily in games, but this guy is a big part of, of the heart of this team. He's, he's always encouraging guys. He's always bringing energy. He's always bringing positivity. He's, he's the one clapping his stick on the ice in practices. He's the one having fun dressing up to go on a train ride to Ottawa. Um, he's just a big part of the personality of this group. And I don't know that people maybe see that as much. And um, maybe, I don't know if it's golden shin pads or, or steak dinners golden for a month or, or what, but uh, golden good, shin pad. good for David Savard. He's stuck. He's stuck with it through, through some thick and some thin with this group and then maybe doesn't get the attention he deserves. Yeah. And I just, he looks like a guy that should be brewing beer somewhere in Grandview. Totally. Totally. 
riding a penny farthing with the handlebar, <clears throat> handlebar mustache and a monocle. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It, he is from a different era. era. And, uh, yeah, interesting guy. And we're, we've got a story ready to go here as soon as we figure out if he has actually set the record or not. Um, and it'll publish hopefully soon. Um, and there's some interesting stuff in there because he's got a lot going on that, that uh, maybe people don't know about. Um, Allison, anything else we need to get to with uh, these guys? Ben, we mentioned Bemstrom Hurt. Yep, yep. Um, no update there. He left the team on Sunday to go back home for tests. Um, Torts was not in the mood to discuss much about it, but he was slashed by Boyle, which didn't – there wasn't a reaction there that looked like it was injurious, but the cross-check to the left flank um, of, of Bemstrom, it looked really painful, kidney shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that's what felled him. Yeah. And he did not return. That was in the game against Florida. Thanks, Brian Boyle. <laughs> um, so we'll hopefully get an update on him in the next day or so. Yeah, and it just Boyle just caught him where if you get right in there, there's no padding. So, mm. uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't look great. Um, and you just hope that uh, this is where maybe this schedule helps too because there's games every other day and, and right. heal up and, and, and return because he's – He's quietly kind of plugging away and 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 getting on the score sheet and yeah they need that as we as we just talked about a lot. <laughs> yes, they do. He's had a pretty good rookie season. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back with you on Friday, um, and lots of good stuff up there. Ten observations from last night's game. Uh, the stories will keep flowing. We'll have a chat later this week. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon.